This is a podcast by the Business Times. Singapore's non-oil domestic exports expands for the 19th straight month of growth in June. The Straits Times Index opens the week up 0.7%. The Monetary Authority of Singapore announces a net loss for the first time in nine years. The Bank of Japan chooses to leave interest rates unchanged. And Brent crude futures slide by 2.9%, settling at 103.86 US dollars a barrel. It's Friday, the 22nd of July. Welcome to Market Focus, a weekly look at market drivers and the movements from the Business Times. I'm podcast editor Clarissa Montero. The week started on a positive note with news that Singapore's non-oil domestic exports expanded for the 19th straight month of growth in June, mainly on the back of non-electronic shipments such as petrochemical products. According to trade agency Enterprise Singapore, Nodex grew by 9% year-on-year, extending the previous month's 12% gain. Electronic exports were higher by 4.1% in June, slowing from 12.9% in the month before, while non-electronics grew by 10.6% from 11.7% previously. The Straits Times Index rose 0.7% to 3,121 points on Monday's opening bell. Asian markets were subdued on Tuesday with most opening lower, Tokyo, however, started their trading week after a long weekend, 0.7% up. The Monetary Authority of Singapore recorded a loss of 7.4 billion Singapore dollars for FY 2021-2022, which the regulator attributed to low investment gains, a large negative foreign exchange translation effect, and higher interest expenses. The announcement didn't seem to dent investor sentiment at the midweek, with Singapore shares opening high on Wednesday in lockstep with most of Asian markets. On Thursday, July 21st, the Bank of Japan left its rock-bottom interest rates unchanged as it put concern over the economy ahead of any potential implications for the yen, further cementing its outlier stance. In reaction, the benchmark Nikkei 225 index gained 0.44% to end the trading day, at 27,803 points, while the broader topics index advanced 0.21% to 1,951 points. Oil prices fell more than 3 US dollars a barrel on Thursday on higher US petrol stockpiles and after a European Central Bank rate hike stoked demand worries, while returning oil supply from Libya and the resumption of Russia's gas flows to Europe eased supply restraints. Today, the SDI was pulled into positive territory after the US and European markets closed higher overnight amid rosy corporate results and the European Central Bank raising its benchmark deposit rate by 50 basis points to 0%. On the Singapore bourse, the Straits Times Index rose 0.5% to 3,169 points, with the rest of Asia opening mostly up. Here's Lionel Lin, Director of Research at SGX Securities, with some context. We've seen the STI broken above the 3,100 level in the past five sessions. Post the morning session on 21st of July, the index looks to gain about close to 2% for the past five sessions versus the 2.6% gain seen for the Asia-Pacific benchmark. For July so far, the STI is currently up about 1.5%, outperforming the flattish performance for the regional benchmark with six more sessions to go for the month. Looking at some of the notable outperformers for the week to date, filtered by companies with market cap of at least $300 With note, some resources placed amongst the top performing names for the week. Container shipping transportation provider Samudera Shipping Line gained 13.8% this week. 
The company continues to see regional reopening and higher freight rates as near-term tailwinds. According to a shipping journal, the company was reported to have made its first purchase this year buying a small chemical tanker. Coal miner Joe Energy gained 10.8% for the week. Supply constraints and strong demand has seen thermal coal prices surging in recent months. Notably, data from the Australian Bureau of Statistics showed earnings from coal shipments in May surpassed iron ore for the first time in 13 years. Integrated agribusiness company Indofood Agri gained 8.1%. Crude palm oil prices and supply have been in focus in recent weeks, driven by the increase in supplies expected from Indonesia. The week's notable laggards were from Aerosol Pain Can Manufacturer Samurai 2K, which declined 9.8% for the week. The company, in its earnings announcement in late May, stated it expects the current macro uncertainties to continue, but it will continue to enhance its digital transformation and online-to-offline initiatives to develop new innovative products. Luxury watch retailer The Hourglass declined 7.9%. The company stated in its last earnings announcement that it expects to remain profitable for the next financial year on the back of buoyant demand momentum. Tourism-related play and operator Straco Corporation declined 6% for the week. The company recently reported September quarter earnings declining 32.4% year-on-year, with management cautiously optimistic that business environments will gradually improve with further lifting of travel restrictions. From a funds flow perspective, We've seen the overall market getting a combined $69.5 million institutional inflows for the past five sessions. Telcos, industrials and financial services saw the highest inflows offset by consumer, non-cyclicals, real estate and materials-slash-resources names. On an individual name basis, companies seeing the highest institutional inflows were SIA, inflow of $21 million, Singtel, inflow of 19.5 million, UOB inflow of 15.1 million. ST Engineering saw an outflow of 11.5 million, while Thai Beverage minus 10.5 million and DBS minus 7.9 million rounds up the largest institutional outflows names. Investors' focus this week centers around the ongoing earnings season in the US with the magnitude of the rate hike at the next Fed meeting in late July a topical issue. Advanced US retail sales data in June showed an increase of 1% year-on-year, slightly ahead of consensus plus 0.9% and up from the flattish numbers registered in May. New US home building activities also fell 2% in June to the lowest level since September 2021 a potential indicator that the domestic housing market is softening. Ju Chan, senior correspondent with Business Times News Desk, provides further insight. Well, bear market rally seems to be the phrase of the week. Investors, especially on Wall Street, embraced every nugget of news that might give reason to buy the dip despite the larger market gloom. The term is an oxymoron. A bear market rally points to an often short-lived upward trend in prices amid a longer-term stock market decline. This could often trick investors into buying stocks just before they fall again, and that could be why it's also known as a dead cat bounce. 
But the larger part of Asia rode on the coattails of the Wall Street gains, overly optimistic or otherwise, throughout most of the week. There was hardly any official data coming out of the US this week, with a pre-meeting media blackout before the Federal Open Market Committee, FOMC, next week. And so, market action was largely based on sentiment driven by corporate news. But this caused a bit of a seesaw in Singapore's stock market performance. Without any Tier 1 data, you don't really know which news to focus on. For example, both top and bottom line performance from Goldman Sachs and Bank of America contributed to bullish sentiment. At the same time, Netflix results, which were not as bad as expected, helped to push the market. But warnings of a hiring slowdown from Apple quickly grabbed the market's attention and brought some caution of a further economic downturn. Alphabet and Microsoft later in the week also said they are assessing hiring requirements. Outside of the US, uncertainty in Europe and China also contributed to the seesaw action in Singapore. In Europe, the European Central Bank raised interest rates for the first time in over a decade as it announced its latest monetary policy decision. While in China, another property developer is defaulting on offshore debt, even as COVID cases remain elevated. Still to come, Singapore released economic data, which seemed to give the market locally some reason for optimism. We take a closer look with Lionel Lin and Ju Chan. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. Although the Monetary Authority of Singapore announced in its annual review that it had posted a net loss of 7.4 billion Singapore dollars, the first time in nine years for the financial year ended March 2022, the announcement didn't seem to impact investor confidence. What other data might have mitigated sentiment. Looking at this week, we've seen some notable news in the Singapore market. According to the Singapore Index of Inflation Expectation Survey, the one-year ahead headline inflation is expected to be 3.9% in June as compared to the 4.1% estimate in March. The survey's reading is the first dip amidst an upward trend seen since September 2020 but still higher than the historical second quarter average of 3.3% from 2012 to 2021. Singapore's international visitor arrival climbed around 30% month-on-month to around 544,000 in June, according to the latest figures from the Singapore Tourism Board, STB. The number, however, is still below the 1.6 million recorded in June 2019 before the onset of the pandemic. The STB previously announced it expects Singapore's international visitor arrivals to be around 4 to 6 million for 2022. Lionel, could you give us a quick update on news pertaining to the property sector? Latest figures from the Urban Redevelopment Authority, URA, showed new private home sales in June at 488 units, which declined 64% month-on-month and 44% year-on-year on the back of a lack of new projects launch. Property analysts, however, see demand for new housing remaining healthy despite the current macro environment. A global real estate consultancy firm in a report stated that total property investment sales in Singapore declined 36.9% in 2Q2022 to $6.8 billion as sales declined for all asset classes from a high base in the first quarter. 
The firm believes the market will post a 15% year-on-year growth for the whole of 2022 to reach Sing dollar $32.6 billion. Officials from the People's Bank of China last weekend promised more support for the economy, which investors took to mean hopes of more aggressive stimulus measures in China to resolve its property market wobbles. All added up, what does this mean for Singapore? Well, the benchmark Straits Times Index rose on Monday, dipped on Tuesday, registered strong gains on Wednesday, then skipped again on Thursday. What a roller coaster. We did get a slight boost earlier in the week as trade agency Enterprise Singapore announced that non-oil domestic exports, or NODEX, grew 9% year-on-year in June. This marks the 19th straight month of growth. One counter that saw interesting movements this week was Genting Singapore. The integrated resorts operator had surged as much as 9.3% to 82 Singapore cents last Friday after news that US rival MGM Resorts International had recently approached the company's controlling shareholder to express its interest in the deal. Genting Singapore on Sunday dismissed the rumours and ended up being one of the most heavily traded counters by volume on the Singapore exchange this week. The counter gave up most of its gains to close at 77.5 cents on Thursday. It has been an interesting, you could even say, exciting week for markets. Jude, what should investors keep their eye on for the week ahead? All eyes next week will be on the FOMC meeting on July 26th and 27th. The US Federal Reserve is widely expected to hike interest rates again, with some analysts anticipating a 100 basis point increase. This will surely rattle the markets, and we will certainly have more excitement next week. This has been Market Focus from the Business Times. I'm Clarissa Montero with Lionel Lin, Director of Research at SGX Securities, and Ju Chan from the Business Times News Desk. That was a podcast by the Business Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties' products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.